Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. This is episode 134. And today we're really excited to talk about what it means to be bilingual, to be proud of our bilingualism, to be proud of speaking Spanglish, quite frankly, and also what it means to code switch and how that's been a part of our lives growing up. But before we get into it, how are we feeling, ladies? Happy birthday to Vero. Muchas gracias. Ya estoy en la 40 group. Las cuarentonas y buenonas, como dice Irene. Como dice Ceci, la aparte, Medialela, I just woke up from a nap. I gave myself a break because I had a cough attack all last night. So good. I just look a little lela and I'm a little slow. But other than that, I'm so happy to be here with you girls today. Me too. I'm excited for this topic. Uh, I feel good. I feel like I, w- I had a, you know, um, productive week and um, yeah, a, a little bit of everything this week. Uh, speaking of code switching, I um, literally just like um, caught myself. I'm okay. I need to switch hats because I was working on like on the trust, and then I saw that it was almost time to record. And I was like, all right, time to switch it up. Um, but oh, yeah, excited to be talking about code switching and being bilingual. Thanks, girls. I'm so excited to talk about it with you all. I wanted to kind of set the tone a little bit for this conversation. If you listen to our podcast, you know we speak a lot of Spanglish and we're really proud of it and it just happens. And I think we've always been that way entre nosotras and our friends group. And it's amazing that we have that amongst our friends group because I think that it has always been a place of comfort to be able to use Spanglish. But I know that for some, it may be that sometimes you're listening and you don't even totally follow along. So no shame in that, by the way. Like when I was growing up, my Spanish wasn't strong. I spoke the Spanish my family spoke. I was actually pretty embarrassed sometimes to speak Spanish. And so no shame. I wanted to start with that, that sometimes we get into it and we're speaking Spanish and we're not thinking about it and we've come into our own. And for me personally, I'm much more proud of it. But I know in college, it was very hard to keep up. I had people like Ceci and Lisette that lived in my house and spoke some incredible Spanish. And I remember feeling like, man, they know big words. They could be on TV. So wherever you come from and whatever your level of Spanish is or Spanglish or code switching, enjoy this episode with us. No shame. I wanted to start there because we're all at different places with it. But ultimately, we were going to share our insights about what it means to be bilingual, how we're raising our kids, whether they're bilingual or not, what it means to code switch for us and how that's come up in our lives. I know code switching, if it's a new term to you, is prevalent in most lives for most people, not just Latinos who are Spanish speaking, but often anyone who's non-white who comes into white spaces, sometimes you feel that you sort of switch the way you enunciate or speak or speak with your hands or not, or the words that you use. I know for me, growing up in Inglewood, California, proud of that, that's my roots. Now that just kind of takes me back home and it's my comfort level. I tell my husband all the time that I feel that he curses more in front of his high school friends. Like everybody switches. It's not even about language. It's not even about growing up in the hood or not, but everybody switches. Maybe you're more into cursing in front of a certain group or you're more into, I don't know, speaking prim and proper, whatever that is, using bigger words, whatever that is, right? But code switching is a thing. It may be something you have to do. It may be something you don't mind doing. It may be something that's a drag on you, but we're going to jump into that today as well. So let's just start with being bilingual. And 
I'll ask my partners here, when's the first time they really appreciated being bilingual and like recognized it? Because you grow up and sometimes you don't realize that you can speak two languages and it's pretty damn amazing that you do. But when did you first appreciate it or realize it or maybe you were embarrassed by it? What was your journey with it? I feel like it was just so natural. It was just so part of our life that to really learn to appreciate it, I think it was later in life that I appreciated it, but I found it very practical and very useful my entire life. You know, I believe, I love saying that us three were from the hood and, you know, we we grew up in different kind of um, urban places or the ghettos of, you know, our respective big towns or, you know, Southern California or Northern California. And it's really shaped us into amazing people because it really put us in a place where, you know, we, we were with other individuals that most people were probably not aware of, right? So I think for me, the appreciating being bilingual came later in life, I think in college, where I felt there was that search for identity so much more, right? Yeah, who am I? And culturally, and as a person and all these things. And I felt that I was very glad my parents were very, they were advocates for us knowing how to speak Spanish. And my parents' main thing was for us to be have a link to who we were, our culture, right? My parents wanted to make sure que cuando íbamos al rancho, that we'd be able to communicate with our family, with our grandparents especially, right? Our cousins, our aunts, our uncles, el pueblito, just so that we knew a little piece of where they came from and kept that alive. So I really, I, I took it for granted in that sense because I didn't think it was a big deal, but I loved speaking Spanish. I did speak Spanish all the time. You know, when I would see someone that looked like my parents, I, instead of saying hello, I would say, hola, buenos días, y, y saludar, you know, el saludo de la mañana, buenos días, and good morning. So, you know, I think that's, I, I, I am very appreciative of that, but it, was, it wasn't until later. It wasn't pro probably until college life that I learned to truly ap appreciate knowing Spanish and English and then realizing <laughs> that my Spanish wasn't probably the best until later um, because there's only a certain limit, right? Your parents know a certain amount of Spanish and our parents, I think, um, Irene, my parents share a lot of common in the sense of schooling with your parent, with your mom, you know, um, it was like first and second grade for my parents, maybe third grade. I don't think so. But, you know, it wasn't a lot of schooling before what they know for life. They know a lot, but, you know, their, their vocabularies are limited. So anyway, that was my, that's my experience with it. And when I learned to appreciate it was probably college time. Oh, agree with Vero también, probably around college time, because yeah, same as, you know, with you guys, I felt like being bilingual was always there. It's, I, you know, growing up, it was always there. And in fact, I remember in, in, in our household, um, my mom and my dad would say, okay, hablen un solo idioma. You know, that's when, you know, the, 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 como se dice, the, the Spanglish would come in because it was natural to us because it was two languages that we knew fluently, but being este Spanglish, parents were like, okay, van, si van a hablar un idioma so, que solamente sea inglés o en español, no estén este con los dos idiomas. And we're like, Ay, getting annoyed. So that made it annoying that we were, we're bilingual, you know, porque no podemos hablar así. Uh, and then also, I forget how much I've shared about this because we've shared so many stories in the last 134 episodes. But me growing up, I was a spokesperson for my parents. Dad had a you know, accident at work. I was always pulled out of class to be an interpreter between him and his attorney and go to those meetings. And so I had to learn or even make up, you know, words that I didn't necessarily know how to translate into Spanish. 
And I would just get annoyed and like, see, oh, like, I, I'm, I'm not putting English. I can't, you know, like my mom or my dad, like, I can't get someone that speaks Spanish on the phone. Can you, can you, can you, you know, take the call? Can you tell them? I'm like, oh, so that was annoying. And so it wasn't until college when I met all you guys and we, we all shared that, like being bilingual, being able to speak Spanglish and be comfortable. I think it was until then that I really appreciated it. And then going into my line of work, where a lot of my clients were Spanish speakers and I could, you know, switch back and forth and, you know, tell them exactly what it is that I needed to tell them in their language and they felt comfortable. That's why I was like, wow, this really paid off. You know, I'm glad that I was able to keep up and be the interpreter and then learn, you know, different, different little, um, the, like the legal lingo, I guess, in Spanish and cause it helped me now and, and in my, in my career. So, uh, you know, it's just, part of who we are, part of um, growing up. And it, it's, I guess it, you know, takes a while for you to really appreciate it and say like, you know, thank God that I was able to learn it. And, and um, you know, I, I, I also felt sometimes like the pronunciation, maybe I wasn't doing it correctly, but with practice and then the line of work, I felt like slowly but surely, um, you know, got better. And yeah, I agree. Uh, Lisa was, uh, she had really good big, uh, Spanish vocabulary when we all met her we're like wow esta muchacha vino bien que bien que habla español it was definitely intimidating I remember traveling with Lisette to visit her family and one day from one day to the next she's like will you go with me I want someone to come with me I think we were sophomores I went with her and her cousin spoke like incredible Spanish and she's trying to like I think engage me and show me off and get me to be part of the conversation. And I'm like, I can't even keep up with these women. Like they are very articulate and their Spanish is great. But I do remember somewhat holding my arm, my own, but like Vettel said, we grew up with very limited vocabulary though. We could curse you out in Spanish and defend ourselves. And we can freaking haggle and get the best price in the alley. You know, that wasn't like the Spanish thing. Keep up with the cheese of like Lisette cousin that had just gotten dumped by the boyfriend and they were having this whole dramatic conversation and I'm like I don't understand anything other than her saying que le lloró en el menudo le lloró en el menudo a su mamá like but otherwise she was like speaking so fast and I followed obviously my Spanish is actually pretty credible because my mom only spoke Spanish to me but I definitely felt I couldn't speak back in the way I would have and the way I do and the way with English like hell yeah let's talk about that dude you know and if anything, I grew up with really Chicano siblings. So I feel like our Spanish was just like a mosh posh. We were the original. This is Spanglish. This is how we talk where we're growing up and what our lives are. So we made up words and I didn't realize until college that they were wrong. But I first appreciated it when I traveled and I backpacked through Central America my senior year of college because I was on my lonesome in all these countries. And just like my mom, I was like, where there's a mouth, there's a way to get through life. So I was just dropping that Spanish like crazy. And I was proud of it. And I was like, with my amazing friend, Caitlin, who's definitely a white girl with a surfboard. And I was defending both of us. And I was making sure we weren't getting ripped off or raped or anything scary. Not to say that that's going to happen in Latin America. It could happen anywhere, guys. It could happen in Manhattan Beach down the street. Just that I was like super brava because I thought like we're traveling. Defense is up. I know the language. And I remember feeling so proud and so confident at the end. Like I'm like, dude, like my mom says, el que boca tiene Roma llega. Like she is right. Like my mama is right. And I remember traveling was the first time I experienced it. And ever since then, I've gone to so many Spanish-speaking countries. I think I have like two left on the list, something incredible like that, three maybe. And 
It has been so profoundly humbling because we all speak Spanish differently. We all use different words. It's not the same thing if you're in Spain or if you're in Uruguay or if you're in Guatemala, believe it or not, if you haven't had the chance to visit a lot of countries, like even the Spanish you do know may not fit in. You may not be following. You may not understand. You may feel self-conscious again. But I remember thinking, you know, hey, I'm here and my kids are picking it up and they're being really proud of it. So traveling was it for me, like just feeling so part of Latin America and Latin America is huge and Spanish is a language to be proud of. And I've said this before, but when you're in Europe, often if they don't know, if you both don't know English, they do know Spanish a lot of times. So you could be in France and you're speaking Spanish. You can be in Germany, and you're speaking Spanish. That makes me feel incredibly proud that it opens doors and it connects people. Um, but there was ever a time for you all, we can switch gears a little bit where you maybe felt embarrassed about your Spanish, or I know we talked about it a little bit, but maybe ashamed about the way you spoke Spanish or anybody ever humiliated you or made you feel bad because you were by I don't know that that's ever happened. I know we've had guests talk oh, about that. I think no, but the part of I feel that <laughs> just how my my Spanish wasn't great, my English wasn't great either. So, but my pronunciation suffered more in English. Like, hello, I was telling you guys I said pe- yes. pecans. I didn't say pecans. Pecans. You know, like good point. And that's one thing, right? I mean, that's just one word in my <laughs> list of words that I still have a hard time saying. En español, como que the way you pronounce a word is como se escribe. Pronúncelo como se escribe. Like, and that's that's how I learned Spanish. My mom, I didn't formally learn it, so I just felt that it really um, hindered my English ability just because I didn't have the same practice with it, right? Um, but being shamed, I think it was. it's more of the, I don't think shamed that people try to shame me or make me feel embarrassed because they're like, you have an accent, And I was like, the fuck you mean I have an accent? You know, like, okay, is it like a hood accent? And they're like, no, you could tell you're Mexican. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, because I am. Like, duh, you know? <laughs> but it was. Que bueno. Yo soy de esas de que me va- Like, not de que me vale, but I'm just kind of like, if you were, if I don't think of like, oh, that person was trying to embarrass me at the moment. I think about it later. Was that person trying to make me feel embarrassed about this? Pero por la mente me cruza. Like, if they were trying to make fun of me or, or shame me or something, like, they didn't succeed at the moment because I never even took it that way. And later I'll be processing things and I'm like, oh, shit, maybe they were trying to make me feel a little less than anything. But I'll be like, if I would have realized it then, I would have been like, why does it matter? <laughs> you know, like, why does it matter? But I think it's... um. It's been more of that. Like you have the accent. My English words suffer, slaughter them sometimes. Um, but other than that, no, I, I don't think I've experienced that quite yet. Thank you for that point, though, because it goes both ways. Like maybe you weren't shamed in Spanish, but you could definitely be shamed in English. And I've seen that a lot. Us as being bilingual women and growing up in Spanish speaking households, oftentimes maybe that was our primary language where we spoke it however we spoke it, but maybe we were more comfortable. So then you get into environments where you're only speaking English and sometimes a word doesn't come to you or maybe you're using the wrong word. I know in Spanish, I often use the wrong word and they were made up words like, you know, parqueo. You can see it now in Latin America, but it's really estacionarte or, you know, parquearte is not a word, like, but we would say parking. Con las brecas es freno. Yeah, so many words like that. El stop stop is not, like, it's not the stop sign. It's not the el stop, right? Like, so those things were a little (laughs) embarrassing. And some people would definitely point out when you were using words that were way off. I mean, my family had so many of them. But kind of like you, Vero, like, I think more so 
the judgment of the way that English was used was more there for me. And I was made to feel a little more self-conscious with English than I ever really was with Spanish. But maybe we get a pass. Americans or California kids, maybe we get a pass. We all kind of make up words and we all use words. And we, so we haven't had that. But I don't know if our listeners want to chime yeah. in and send us their stories of maybe how your bilingualism has either been a good thing you're proud of or a thing that you've been shamed about because it happens and it goes both ways. My comadre Tanya was doing the study abroad in Spain. She would speak Spanish. So she's like, oh, I'm going to Spain. Yeah, hablo español. It's going to be great. And she said that there... While in Spain, it was very, um, she would get shamed about it a lot and told like, why don't you go learn how to speak proper Spanish? Ve aprende a hablar el español como debe de hablarse. Aquí eso de que tu español de México, que no sé qué. So she, when she came back, she was really upset about that. She was like, what the hell? Like, first of all, you colonized. And then now you're saying my Spanish is less than. And I just remember her experience being that. And I always had it in my back of my mind. I'm like, if I go to Spain and I start speaking Spanish, how am I going to react to these motherfuckers if they try to tell me that I ain't speaking right, you know? <laughs> so I wanted to share that because even in the Spanish language, maybe we experience that. And yes, Irene, we all speak very differently. So we kind of just need to learn how to allow it to happen and accept it than automatically think that the way you speak is best. Good point. I wanted to ask, uh, what are the two or three countries that are you still missing from your bucket list? I have not been to Bolivia. I have not been to Ecuador. And then I've been to all the Spanish-speaking islands because I'm going to the Dominican Republic in about a week. So I think Good I'm missing you. another one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's exciting. We did the list the other day cool. with my husband. And we need a couple of spots in South America that we... I think that's it, right? There's no other... But why we were there for like a split second. Otherwise, we've been to all of You've South America. You've been to Spain? Yeah. Oh, my God. We went we're... together. So, see, we didn't, we didn't go together in college? Fue Belinda la que fue con ustedes. Yo no fui. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to go back to Spain with Diego. I know it would mean a lot to him. I know. I want to go back to Spain with Luis and Paris, too. I was just saying that recently. I was like, well, you know, maybe for our 10th, we can go back to Europe and, you know, do Paris and go, go to Spain because we didn't we didn't go to the, um, Paris. So maybe we can do that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, when you were saying about uh, being shamed, I don't remember exactly, but I remember in kindergarten. So the, the other way, right, being shamed because I didn't know English. I'm the oldest. And so I, did, I started kindergarten, kindergarten not knowing much English. I probably only knew maybe colors and some letters. And I remember um, that, uh, well, the teacher was scary. I remember the kindergarten teacher. Uh, she was a light white lady and she was scary. And she, I don't know, she was kind of mean. And I remember her uh, yanking my, my backpack and saying something about the backpack. And then later I found out that she was saying that it was too heavy and like I needed to empty it out. Right. And um, so that um, and then also being asked, like, where are you from? Because you, you have that accent. And I'm like, I don't have a freaking accent. It's just like, I'm bilingual so that it comes out. Right. So I don't, I mean, I don't feel like I have an accent, but apparently I do. I think I've, yeah, I've definitely shared this because this is like, I'm proud. I, I some, some several proud moments I'll, I'll say is that when I used to get confused for the, uh, at the beginning of when I, I became a lawyer, when I used to get confused uh, for being the interpreter, uh, like, oh, the interpreter, are you the interpreter? Like, no shit, I'm the freaking, soy la abogada. Like, um, so that, I think sometimes I feel more comfortable in Spanish. I don't know when that happened, I, but it, it wasn't always like that. I felt like at some point growing up and going to school, I was more comfortable in English because like, you know, we did work our work in English. We did presentations in English and through college, but at some point that switched. And then now as I'm older, I feel, 
I feel more comfortable in Spanish. And sometimes, you know, especially with you guys, because I know I can just easily switch back and forth. When we're having a conversation, I just switch into Spanish and I say everything else in Spanish because I feel, I don't know, it just comes out that way. I'm thinking in Spanish. I don't know. I love it. I think it's worth being proud of. I have to point out that you two are like my heroes because you're raising bilingual children and your girls, your boys, so incredible because English will happen in schools and obviously you all speak English to them. But the fact that they are little Spanish speakers is like super impressive. So I'll let you guys get into that. For me personally, my oldest speaks Spanish, but totally has an accent. He really has learned it through school, through travel, and he's proud of it. He uses it when we're traveling. He uses it with his grandparents, but he's like me. He's going to be one where like he learned it how he learned it and he's going to have to have courage and excitement, but he's definitely not going to sound like your little kiddos who speaks some incredible Spanish and are very articulate. My little one, not so much they used to speak it with their grandparents they know that they're gonna have to be like this Isaiah who has to study it like they're required to study it beginning in seventh grade it's like non-negotiable in our family like we don't put much on them but that's one of them they have to do formal Spanish in school for at least the six years I hope that they will continue to develop it I hope that it'll turn out like Isaiah who's very proud of it and I hope they don't hold it against me that I didn't do a good job because I know Isaiah doesn't seem self-conscious now and he uses it proudly but later in life he might be like man that's not fair my mom speaks it way better than I do they should have been speaking all along or my dad speaks it way better than I do my husband though he speaks Spanish his is definitely not like mine <laughs> and so you can kind of tell that while he was born in Guatemala like he definitely when he's trying to communicate with his parents it's se traba mucho and in Latin America he's funny because sometimes I feel like he does all these extras and he like sounds Mexican and when he talks like to his parents I feel like he does get nervous and they're like what you know but the point is we do we do it and we do it anyway we try we're at a different level but our kids are not as bilingual as we would have hoped as we always said they would be I have a client who's running a bilingual school. Shout out to you. You know who you are. And she was always firing me up and telling me to just start small. You know, she said something really important that I wanted to mention on this episode that just be careful with kids because sometimes, you know, language is very alienating. So if you just want to like put it on them and you never have put it on them, it's dismissive. It puts them off. It makes them feel uncomfortable. So maybe if I were to suddenly say cold turkey tomorrow, we're only going to speak Spanish. The kids are like, you're cutting off my ability to communicate with you. Like that's pretty traumatizing. So if you're listening to this and you're inspired and you're on my side of the coin where my kids aren't as bilingual and I didn't do the best job at using Spanish around them growing up, which is the key and the ticket. And my partners will talk about their journey in that. Start small. If it's Sunday dinner, that's what my client said. If it's one night a week, if it's whatever it is, but you want to turn it around, start small and also put them in formal schooling. Like Those are two really good tips. Like maybe you didn't do it, but if they're doing it in school and learning it properly, there's still an avenue. There's still hope if you would like to raise a bilingual child. And it doesn't have to be Spanish if you're listening. It could be any language. Start small with any language and involve them in that language. So tell me about your journey, Mujeres, because again, I'm super like wowed and bowed down to both of your families and the ability to speak Spanish. We both, Luis and I said like, okay, when we have kids, you know, we want them to be fluent. You know, we didn't, we didn't have any set rules or anything about like how we were going to speak to them or whatnot. And, the, and it's funny because like we have, we do have this rule now because our, you know, our girls are, are fluent in Spanish and they've been fluent in Spanish since they were born. And, but now when, you know, since they're in school and they know English and they picked it up really, really fast. I was, I was, um, I was concerned, like, oh, my God, they don't know anything. And like, I mean, they knew their letters and they knew colors, but they didn't know they couldn't have a conversation in English. And so I was nervous, but they picked it up immediately. And then one of their teachers was uh, spoke Spanish. So uh, no, no problem there. 
but now we do have that rule. We 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 say like you know en la casa español because we can we can easily just you know speak to them in English and they understand now. But we want them to be comfortable and keep the language because you know I've seen it like with my you know my sister and like um, her kids they understand it but they won't speak it and I don't know if it's because they're shy um, they don't like the way they sound I don't, I don't know what it is so. That's kind of like the rule. And then they they remind us too. My girls remind us. Like when they hear Luis and I speak to each other in English, like, en la casa español. And I'm like, ay, sí, cierto, you're right. Um, so that's kind of like the 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 rule that we've we've had. And then, I, I mean, I, I hear them speaking to each other in English. Um, and then they'll like remember and like they'll repeat the same thing in Spanish to each other. So that's, you know, it's 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 worked out. All the movies, uh, a lot of the Disney movies that they they've watched, they they've watch them in Spanish and they still ask for the, even though like now they understand English, like they still ask like, no, 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 it's in Espanol. So I was going to say, Irene, I'm like, maybe start there too. Like when you guys watch a movie, uh, maybe it's a movie that you guys have already seen and the kids have already seen, but then switch it to Spanish, like Shrek in Espanol. Remember we always watch oh Shrek God. in Espanol. I love it. It was actually really <laughs> funny in Spanish. It's my daughter, too. funny enough. Like I think that she loves my daughter and my son, the youngest, they, they've always connected when, something really brings them back which i really like they do connect with the fact that our family speaks spanish and we're bilingual like they'll get into it like my son last year in third grade had a teacher that said that you couldn't get into college if you didn't know spanish she was totally lying to them <laughs> she's totally lying to them so for a while he was like obsessed with learning it he was watching best teacher he was watching like youtube videos trying to understand it and me and diego were so excited for him because it was like oh my god he got into spanish and then Sophie right now is like super into Encanto. And she's just like, like you can see when they're like, because people crave that. I think they crave that when they suddenly realize like, wow, it opens up a whole other world in another language. So you're right, Ceci, movies and just other outside influences. When people tell you it's cool, like in this case, that teacher thought it was cool. Then suddenly like, maybe my parents can't convince me, but a teacher or a girlfriend or whatever, right? Go ahead, Vero, because Gali is my fave. The other day, Joaquincito was talking so well. I thought it was Gali. Oh like, I thought God. it was Gali talking. I thought Juan Quito didn't even have the ability to talk that well yet. I oh, still he, picture him like a little baby. And he was, like, rattling off the Spanish. Mami, mami, he tells me, like, mama alto, procede. He has a little lisp sometimes. It's the cutest. Oh, my God. He's like, soy bus light ya. Okay, Joaquin, you go ahead, be bus. But in this whole bilingual thing, as I mentioned, my Spanish is not perfect. It's not great. Um, it's improved significantly. I mean, I had a Spanish a minor in college in language and literature. Um, so I had some sort of understanding of it. For me, them knowing Spanish is not even about saying like, you know two languages, you are this, and you're going to be set up above everybody else. For me, it's really a tie to who, where we came from, you know, like our family. And I feel that that's beautiful because... I can only imagine like later in life where they're like, we aren't like those people, <laughs> you know, because you make, you, you kind of, you know, you start going into the world and you're like, start seeing differences and you're like, all right, well, we aren't white, but we aren't this, but we aren't that. Who are we? And I feel that like it helps them have an understanding of like, ah, this is where we came from. This is why we speak this language. This is why, you know, we're able to share these stories with our grandparents and our cousins and things. So like, we haven't traveled in a bit, but we want to go back to Guatemala so they can like we see their little cousins they saw a few years back. And I feel I feel like the beauty of them being able to communicate and share each other's like perspective of like life in those respective countries, I think will be amazing. So I mean, as much as we can right now, we don't have to say en esa casa sea el español because that's what they speak, right? But I think as we as they get older and they go to school, we'll kind of keep it like okay, once you're home, we're gonna speak Spanish. 
And I think that right now they're teaching me. They know so much more Spanish words and they're able to express themselves so much more with the right words <laughs> that I'm like so proud of those little humans. You know, I'm like, dang, that's so awesome. I learned from them now. I'm happy that it hasn't been an issue yet, but I'm really hoping that we're able to keep it going as we get older, as they get older. And Otto and I have a hard time. Otto and I have a hard time sometimes really learn, finding the words to express ourselves in Spanish with them. But they're like very patient with us. Like, okay, mami, ¿qué, estás, qué, qué quieres decir? ¿Qué me estás explicando? And Ceci, you mentioned this before. You're like, Otto speaks so much more Spanish now than ever I've heard him speak. So I'm happy that it's kind of, um, it really helped all, all of us, not just the kids, being able to open our eyes, más bien, now that the kids are speaking Spanish. It's really helped us to be like, okay, this is a language you know. Let's try to get, you know, let's, let's try to strengthen it a little bit. Little side note, not too long ago, heard a Jaime Jarrín, Los Defensores, commercial, but it was in um, English. So he was talking, saying something, and he's talking about their firm, right? And then he goes, and I'm Jaime Jarrín. I'm the man that you know before Span Spanglish was even cool, you know, Spanish speaker. But I heard that I was like, that is so legit. Like, Jaime Jarrín, like, in, you know, if you're in LA and you listen to the radio and you, if you're a lawyer, Ceci, I'm sure you've heard of Jaime Jarrín. He even, he does a sports I, I know the voice. Too. I know the yeah, voice. The voice. Yeah, the voice. He does a sports casting in Espanol for the Dodgers, like, all this stuff. So I'm like, damn, that's really dope that he was like, I've been around since even before. Like, you know who I am since even before Spanglish was cool. And I'm like, yeah, Spanglish is one of those things because before they would clown you for Spanglish. You know, they were like, oh, just learn. Do you even know English? And do you even know Spanish? Like, what do you, don't mix it. Kind of like yep. your parents are like, ¿Qué quieres hablar? Yep. Una cosa. <laughs> yeah. So now it's just so much more acceptable, I think. Yeah, that's a good, that's kind of a good segue to sort of code switching, because before I think we would be shamed for code switching or judged or criticized. I mean, wherever you are, my tip of the day is don't feel self-conscious, because I feel like if you're listening to this, you might feel the elephant in the room is that our parents still have a big criticism about you having kids that don't speak Spanish if they raised you to speak Spanish. There's still a criticism and a divide there. Like I get it a lot from my parents and Diego's parents and and it's constantly being asked, do they really speak Spanish? Do they speak Spanish? Do they really speak Spanish? There seems to be always kind of a twang of like judgment if you're not bilingual. And I get it because there is a lot lost culturally and there's a divide between grandma and grandkids if they can't communicate. And I, I appreciate that and get all of that. But I also think everybody is their own unique family. So no shame, like however it manifests for you. And hopefully you weren't shamed for code switching, but I don't doubt it. Now that Spanglish is cool, code switching is a thing and we get it now. But before we were just made to feel bad, you know, because suddenly we maybe spoke slightly differently or weren't as loud or weren't our complete selves. Once someone tried to shame me, make me feel bad and said that I sound really black because I grew up in a black community and that I like I move my neck like a black girl. Like that's so racist on so many levels, right? I was just comfortable in talking how I normally talk and how I grew up talking. Like they labeled it as talking black or acting black or moving my neck like a black girl. Complete racism. I was actually moving my neck probably like someone who always talked dramatically and moves my neck. Like I'm that no matter what. As a Latina in Barbados, when I lived in Barbados in the Caribbean, where it's very black and white, they were always erasing like the, the Latina hood in me, the Latina in me. It's like, no, you're white. It's like, no, I'm Latina. No, you're white. Like there was no such thing as Latina. Even if I spoke Spanish, even if it talked about being Mexican, it's like here it's white or black. So there's so much like 
being self-conscious sometimes around these issues. And we want to say that I want to point that out. And I want to reinforce that the episode is not to make you feel bad. If you feel like you've wanted to raise bilingual kids and you haven't, or if you're not white enough in a white space, cause you're so Latina, or if you are too white sounding or people judge you cause you're white passing. We talked a little about that in another episode, like no self-consciousness, but let's talk a little bit about code switching. Like maybe the first time you all noticed code switching or the first time you embraced code switching. Cause I like now that we're calling it out and we're saying that in some spaces we may have to do that. And I can start if you guys want to think a little bit about it. But um, for me, I think in my industry, I have felt that I've often had to code switch. I do remember one of my first bosses at a nonprofit, she would catch the way I spoke to the students and I was young. This was me, you know, 15 years ago. And I felt that I was fresh out of college in a lot of ways. And I spoke to the kids, like, I think at their level and she didn't like it. Like I really sensed she didn't like it. Like she didn't like me using the word. Yeah. With the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever, maybe she didn't find it professional. Maybe she didn't like that. I was being chummy, whatever it was, but I remember her not liking that and me feeling like a certain sort of way. Like as a boss, I don't feel she counseled me in a way that didn't shame me. I felt she was like shaming me. And then also the same boss heard me speaking Spanish to an with another employee. And we were very comfortable speaking Spanish together and we would get into it. And she disliked it thoroughly. She just, she would call us out on it. She would come in and be like, that's not appropriate. You have to speak English. Like everybody has to know what's going on. Now I think that's a little borderline inappropriate and really woke society would say that's not cool. Like if two people want to speak to each other in Kamai and they both speak Kamai or we do it with the parents. Like if a parent came in here, would you dare to say we only speak English? and force that person to speak English. No way. In fact, you hired me because I could speak Spanish and I could translate your documents and translate your meetings. But when a coworker wants to talk about something, you're feeling a little salty because you're feeling a little left out because you're not bilingual. Back then, I didn't have the courage to understand even any of that was happening. Just in both scenarios, I felt self-conscious. In both scenarios, I felt like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I really felt like I was being myself, guys. I was being myself. Like, me and this girl speak Spanish to each other and we're comfortable. And she's like a super bicep. Like I loved her, this girl. So I wasn't trying to do anything wrong. Or when I talked to the kids and I used the word, yeah, like I wouldn't use yeah with a donor. I get that. That's code switching. I would never, ever, ever have a professional person come in that wants to be a volunteer and have high pockets, whatever, call me a hypocrite, but I would probably speak to them different. And that's code switching that I think is acceptable. I'm really going to act all stuffy and stuck up with little kids, with high schoolers. Like, no, I'm going to talk. I felt I wasn't aware then. But I'm going to talk to them differently than how I talk to a donor, how I talk to a board member, even how I talk to my boss. But when she would catch those moments of code switching, she would like squash that instead of understanding that that's a thing that we all have to do. And maybe Miss White Lady, you didn't. Like maybe you have no concept of that. But then again, she did. This is a woman from New York. She spoke like a New Yorker and the New York would come out and she'd have to hide it. And she would curse a lot. She would curse a lot. And in some environments, you don't curse. And in some environments, she would. So it's like, you're doing the same thing. Hipocrita, like you're doing the same thing. Cursing is your code switch. Well, I don't talk to a high schooler like I would to an adult. Like we're trying yes, to connect with these yes, kids. Yes, yes. But it was pretty hypocritical, I think. And now to this day, like I have some staff that will suddenly start talking to each other in Spanish. And I feel like I don't want to alienate my English speaking sp staff either. And as the boss, I often, and I don't know if my team catches me doing that, but if Spanish is happening, I repeat in English, like we have done in the podcast. I purposely repeat a lot of words in English. I purposely am super aware if, if I'm using Spanish and someone might be around that might think, are they talking about us? Because that's awkward too. So I will repeat in English and I will say something and I will, and then the Spanish comes back out or the joke will come back out in Spanish. I have one staff member, we'll joke to each other in Spanish, right? And then I'll have to like say the joke in English because I am not trying to be alienating. But code switching is real and I don't 
completely think it's bad and I don't think people should be ashamed about it. But any thoughts on the topic? It's funny because most of my jobs I've had um, have been in very corporate settings, right? However, like my first job after I left Santa Barbara, I decided that I wasn't going to stay on with the position they offered me at the financial aid office. I'm like, I'm moving back to LA. I can't afford being in Santa Barbara, living on someone's couch. At the end of the day, what they were going to be paying me for me to move out and all that, it was just not worth it. So I ended up coming back home, ended up getting this job before I went to work for the rental car company, and it was door-to-door sales. But they still required us re- required us to dress up in a suit or very business um, clothing and look professional. And we would do door-to-door sales. We were selling like different campaigns in Van Nuys. And I know... <laughs> Van Nuys is the San Fernando Valley. This is like the raza there, right? And of course, we talked about white passing. I look like if you if I don't look full on Mexican, but then I don't look like a white girl. But I pass for a white girl if you see me just walking down the street. And I would walk into these businesses and like, yes, that way que quiere, or like blah 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 blah. And I would hear them right. So <laughs> that's like, funny. That's you funny. know. And I'm like, oh, okay, well here we go. They already said la esta buena. So I'm like, buenos dias, you know. <laughs> and I would just like let it come out. You kind of have to be aware of the environment, right? Like, where are you? Who is your audience? And then from there, how are you going to present yourself? And in this case, I feel that we're lucky, you know, that we are able to do that. That we we have the ability to do that. Where we're like, oh, I have to wear my paisa hat right now. Let's do this, you know. Oh, I can, I'm going to use my my urban self. Okay, my hood self. I'm going to tell you what's my up. My hood pass. I got a hood pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, that part of us comes out, not because we're trying to fit into something, because it is a part of us. It still shapes us. It still influences who we are. So it's not like we're trying to be white. It's not like we're trying to be black. It's not, we're just being who we are, our, you know, Latinita selves that are just like, let us be, you know? So where I really started feeling it was when I officially started working in, in the in the corporate world. So like once I went to work for enterprise, it was very much like you, they had expectations of what you wore, how, you, you know, like it was like Disneyland. When I worked at Disneyland, they had like this employee manual that was like, makeup has to be like, there's no piercings, the men, no beards and mustache and the women, this and this. I was like, damn, we had to fit like this cookie cutter kind of image in a sense, right? It didn't matter if you were, you know, what color your skin was. It was still like, if you, whoever you are, you must be bland as fuck as possible, you know? It started there, my experiences. I felt like, damn, how am I even me? Like, I couldn't even joke around with people, you know? But I would, I could tell that when people would try to ask for help, and this is both Disneyland, when I started working in, in Enterprise, um, I would need to, like, everyone in my office spoke English. You know, I didn't have, there wasn't a lot of Spanish speakers, so it wasn't like I can easily just, besides my car preps, you know, the people doing my, washing my cars, and maybe if we had a driver that happened to be Latino or Mexican, then I would speak Spanish to them because that's what they best understood, right? But when I would have customers coming in, I knew that if they looked a little lost, if I welcomed them, hi, welcome, you know, come on in, how can we help you today? And they were like, uh, kind of like stumbling back. Then I would automatically be like, okay, ¿en qué les podemos ayudar? ¿Hablan español? Sí, ay, qué bueno, hablas español. Whew, what a relief kind of deal, you know? So it was mostly that. And I think that when I was with my immediate staff, I would totally be me like, okay, y'all, you know, like just who you are, your, you know, your different accents, quote unquote, accents come out. 
Or even would, just being like TMI, like that's yeah. what we are, like TMI, inappropriate <laughs> joke. That's code switching. Like you're not going to curse people out. But Veto, as you continue your story, that's one thing I do take so much pride in. The fact that when people like that we speak Spanish, doesn't mm-hmm. that feel great? It feels yeah. great when they feel connected. They feel like, oh, I love that people know that you speak Spanish. You just feel like you can be in service, that like you can be grateful. Platicas con la señora in the supermarket and they like love seeing you coming. I just love that about language. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And I, and I think all of this goes back to just me seeing my parents. Thinking of my parents, like when they were to walk in somewhere, how would I want them to be treated? Or how would they, how did they want to be treated? You know, when they walked in somewhere, I mean, they had the money to buy whatever they wanted to buy. That's why they walked into that store. Like they want to be greeted politely, kindly. Like I'm about to give you my business. Give me your attention. So when it was with my immediate team, you know, it was very like a very intimate setting. I'm like, okay, cool. This is how I am. I would, you know, I would tell him in Spanish, I'll chingarle today, you know, like all that stuff. And when I was presenting at corporate, it was a complete different story. And and I still was like, okay, Veronica's here today. And it wasn't like Vero or Veronica. It was like, Veronica's here today. And I'm going to tell you guys this and my presentation. And these are the, you know, the, these are the clients I met. These are the accounts that I'm winning and blah, 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 blah. So it was a very, um, a very different hat I wore, right? We are lucky that we're able to shift and wear those hats. So um, to anyone out there, no shame. I feel that it's it's been a privilege to be able to do that. And also we have to be very conscious that when we do do it, the people in the audience, like we have to be conscious of the people in the audience that we don't also offend. You know, um, now, I mean, like Irene was saying 15 years ago, it was a very, it's a whole generation, right? That's a whole generation. So now I get into conversations like with my nieces about stuff and they're like, yeah, that's not right. The woke culture, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of checks and balances. I feel that there is a point of being too woke. <laughs> and I feel that let's be aware. We had a conversation about that not too long ago, but it's good to be aware. And the thing is that what parts of you do you like, okay, I'm going to change this because I know that I could possibly offend someone. But at the same time, damn, this is who I am. So it gets a little challenging. That, that is a whole other episode. Yes. And we got to get into that because <laughs> we're, we're of a certain generation. And I think we code switch with generations, to be yes. quite honest. Like we yes. could go up and we could go down. But go ahead, Ceci. You'll be the last to share on this experience with code switching. Yeah. No, same. It, w- it was all I noticed it at work because um, I, I so at my prior firm and I always talk about my prior firm because that was like my, my first like professional experience within the legal career. But I, I remember, uh, you know, I was a legal assistant and I, you know, I, I would dress up, you know, and, and I would try to be, you know, stylish, but still professional. And then when I became an attorney, I felt I needed to um, dress up more like dark suit, like color, colored shirt, my hair, like done up, or just, you know, not like this, like natural curls. I just felt like that and that my makeup needed to be conservative. I just needed that, that, that was a persona that I needed to to show and present and and what the client was looking for. Um, and then, you know, speaking a certain way, uh, not getting too chummy or comfortable with like the legal assistance. But at the same time, I was like, I was a legal assistant and I know these, you know, these women and I, I didn't want I didn't want to create that like barrier or hierarchy. So I was like, you know what? Like, OK. I understand that, you know, I, I can code switch and still be comfortable with the legal systems and then be, be, uh, you know, more, more respectful and, and, um, you know, and code switch if I needed to with like, I don't know, older, uh, opposing counsel or even in front of clients. So that was one experience. Um, 
And then slowly but surely, once I started getting more comfortable in the profession, I, I tried to um, bring in my own style. Like, yeah, I would wear like the dark suit or the black dress or whatever, but I would uh, bring in my, um, you know, my little colorful Mexican scarf and like, you know, tie it around and make it, make it, you know, my own little style. Uh, but I, I, I also remember, uh, speaking of legal assistants, like my sister and my cousin were legal assistants at my prior firm. Um, and we were all working. So we would drive in together and my sister, my cousin, my cousin Paola, uh, they're, oh my God, they're too much. They're a riot. And so can you imagine like working with them and me trying to be like, esta abogada caseria? and they're, ellas, you know, I mean, they were hard workers. Don't get me wrong, but también, you know, se pasaban like jugando or playing little jokes on each other. And even like on some of the other, like attorneys, um, I remember one time, <laughs> one time, um, I don't know if this is code switching, but you know, this, this is, this story came to mind. I had a client, he was tall, he was a black man, but anyway, his last name was strong. And, you know, I was trying to be professional and always, you know, with clients, always, always, always being, you know, professional. And I remember, I don't know if it was my cousin or my sister came in and said, Hey, you know, the clients here, um, and being all giggly. And then he, he, she pulls up like two chairs into my office and I was like, he's here with, is he? here with someone else oh my god uh, and he's like no he's here by himself but he's he's gonna <laughs> need another chair for his, para su pena. his. <laughs> para su pena. i was like oh my god and i was like messing starting to laugh and i was messing with me i felt like I, I turned red and i was like oh my god i was like oh my god well this is what i get for working with my sister and my cousin and it, obviously they didn't sit in front of the client but i was like yo i senti que me puse roja roja and i was like oh my god like what if i accidentally look in that direction and like i need uh, i need to like you know compose myself and like oh my and i was like ay pinche diana y paula like you know they're <laughs> strong this turned into like a legal <laughs> situation it was like a yeah. porn movie mr strong. yeah mr strong came yeah. in i was just like okay you know like so being super uh respectful and like being like oh my god i can't like look in that direction because you know i i don't know if they what i forgot if they saw him they're like oh you know he's gonna need another chair you know something like that i love uh, that i love I the love inappropriateness of yeah. your cousins yeah. i want to share a quick inappropriate story yeah so i worked with all like a lot of white people but then they were really there were fun people they were fun peoples but there was one magazine in the office one day laying around it was kind of like in between like right after the one of the morning rushes and someone had a magazine and it was like this giant. This guy was just like a giant. And they had uh, <coughs> one of the copies, one of the pages of the magazine was his hand. So I remember being like, my, and I wasn't like in front of everyone. I was like in my cubicle looking at the magazine. And I just happened to like, I saw the hand and I was like, oh. And why did I think it was okay to just like put it to my boob? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then my face was one of those like, Wow. Oh, and my so manager awesome. caught me. I was so embarrassed. He goes, um, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, um, well, I, it, his hand looked really big. So I was just really curious <laughs> to see if he would be able to grasp my boob with one hand. Oh, but my was God. That? Like, what was I thinking? But it was anyway. I love inappropriate stuff like that. And that is totally probably not cool anymore in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, times have changed. Yes, they have. And that's yeah. kind of, that is code switching in a lot of respects is maybe you have that sense of humor and then you, you do have to turn that off. You know? Yeah. Switch that off when you go into the office and bet, bet all, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I'm super inappropriate. And that's when like, I know that like my staff, social media, I, love I know, that about I love that about you. each other. Right. No, but I have one 
person at work like follows me on social media and I follow her and we know each other's humor and we know about our real lives and our real like how it goes down. And it's just hysterical because if people really only knew really what, what your sense of humor is. And obviously we have this podcast. So if anybody really wanted to know about the three of us, like we've already yeah, put it out there, it, so there's yeah. no hiding it. But yeah, we're not going to be talking like this at the office. And um, yeah, and there's no boobs and no Mr. Strong penis extra fair. It's, it's our <laughs> office. So we can talk about strong penis boobs. Okay? This, this is our office. I edit so, the first name because I will. Yeah, I, will. I will edit out the first name. Once you've heard this, you've missed half of our jokes because they were all when we heard his whole complete name. You don't even know his whole complete name. You've missed out. But um, that's, that's our show for today. We're so excited to have you here. Chime in and tell us if you have stories about your pride around bilingualism or any times that you were maybe made to feel shame around being bilingual. It doesn't have to be English and Spanish. It could be any languages. Maybe you're trilingual. Pretty incredible. Please look us up online. Our handle is at Level Up Latina on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at Latina underscore up is our handle. You can email us. Our email is admin at leveluplatina.com. We'd love to hear from you. That is it for this episode. Long and juicy and got really funny towards the end. I hope you thought so too. If not, we're just like these three deranged women that just love this show so we don't have to code switch and we can totally be ourselves here. Thank you, thank you, mujeres, for being here. Las quiero un chingo. Y qué bueno que podemos ser chingonas. Eso. Eso. Con la lengua. Con la lengua. Besos. Besos. Besos.